0: Welcome to Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective podcast, where we meet experts from all walks of life to learn their intrinsic motivation so that they can share it with the world. What do we have in store today? Stay tuned to find out more. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody out there in podcast land. You are in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza and i am david and we are in the middle of holiday season so it's the season to be jolly fa la 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 la, and all that good stuff that's my extent of singing we actually have a professional singer so hopefully at some point we may put him on the stage but in addition to that it's the holiday season so you know there's a lot of landmines out there if you think about it for the young couples just getting together They passed Thanksgiving, and now they're like, how are we going to maneuver through Christmas all the way to Valentine's Day? And then there's others that have been together for a period of time, and they may not even want to be bothered with family members' work and all this other stuff. And there are other instances where there's one party that is really excited, and there's another that's grumpy. And the guest that we have today is going to talk about how we can get the grumpy person to turn that frown upside down he's a professional speaker he's done workshops on happiness all over the country he's also written a book simple happiness 52 easy ways to lighten up and he's going to help us out in the next 45 minutes to an hour to talk about how we can use different tricks and techniques to lighten up ourselves and people around us without further ado I'd like to welcome Jim Ryan to the podcast. Welcome, Jim.
1: Thank you, Hamzeb. Uh, happy to be here.
0: Yes, thanks for Absolutely. being here. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for being here. And was that a correct summation for the holiday season, or am I way off track here?
1: No, you're pretty much, uh, that's pretty much it. You know, it runs the whole gamut. Some people uh, wait all year to, you know, just, uh, you know, enjoy the happiness of the season, and some people. Uh, kind of don't think about it, and then as the as the season ha- this Christmas holiday season approaches, the dread starts to creep creep into their uh, into their lives. So there's a, there's a whole gamut of of experiences and expectations, and as a result, a whole gamut of experiences. So um, you know, let's see what we can do.
0: Absolutely. And before we get into it, I- I'm just thinking uh, everyone here, at least in the states we have what's called a banner blindness. I'm, I'm more on the technological uh, advertising aspect. And a lot of people usually, for for this conversation, hear Christmas music right after Halloween, the day after. And you kind of drown it out. And then at some point, you kind of get enveloped into the season. And I was just wondering, when is there a certain time that People are really starting to pay attention where you know this trepidation happens, or is it all encompassing?
1: You know, everybody's different. You know, that's that's kind of a, a platitude, but everybody's different. But I mean, personally, I, it, it it turns me off to start hearing these Christmas songs so early in the season. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's <laughs> like, uh, what are you doing? You know, let's. <laughs> let 's live our lives and let things come as they come. I mean uh, Christmas and Hanukkah are in middle to the end of december you know we We know they 're coming, and it's just uh, the you know the music tends to uh, you know just it, it, it tends to emphasize the commercial aspect of the of the whole season the holiday season and which which you know it 's okay, but some people lose the focus of, of what 's going on and, and and lose the uh, the enthusiasm, and it becomes a chore. You know, oh, now I got to do the shopping. Oh, now I got to buy a tree. Oh, now I got to deck, and, and it becomes a chore rather than you know a, a happy time for many people.
0: Yeah, I know, I, and it just may be me. I'm not sure. I've been living under a rock, but for the past couple of years, I'm, I am familiar with Black Friday. I am familiar with Cyber Monday. But I was unfamiliar with Green Monday with all the ads I was getting this week about, hey, you should continue to shop. Even if you thought you were finished, you are not. Get back out there.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, we're all called to do our part to keep the economy rolling. And <laughs> one year rolls into the next, and, and these, the, the economy depends on more holiday sales this year than last year. And it's, it's, it turns into a, a, you know, a, a race that we're forced to run in.
0: Uh, since you're a musician, and we'll get into your musical talents, uh, there was a time where we just focused commercially on the 12 days before Christmas. <laughs> and so that was enough. But apparently, that was a long time ago, and I'm showing my age with that. Yes, indeed.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So you sound like, we can tell, I mean, from, from people that we've spoken with and just our brief interaction that you and I have had, Jim, you sound like an upbeat person to me. So it's hard to imagine a counterpart of yours that may be considered uh, not as jovial as yourself.
1: It happens. You know, so often couples uh, you know, are not always in, in the same, you know, singing the same song. Often there is, you know, uh, opposites attract, as they say. And sometimes there's one happy person and one and one grumpy person. So it's a challenge for the happy person to... Uh, not to become overbearing, but to encourage and uh, cajole the the grumpy person to lighten up a little bit on this at this time of year, and not not only at this time of year, but hopefully things th- that might be instituted this time of year could carry over into you know in, into perpetuity because uh, you know, it's diff- it's difficult living with a grumpy person.
0: Now, it reminds me of the 90s cult classic called The Office. For those that haven't seen it, listen to the podcast, you would do yourself a favor to watch it. It's highly enjoyable. And there's one annoying part where the guy, he's super happy, and I think it was Jennifer Aniston, she comes in the work. She obviously didn't, you know, it's one of those jobs when you're young and you're just kind of doing it to get paid. And he goes, it looks like you have a case of the Mondays and so she's highly annoyed by it and usually people that are having maybe a bad day or case of the mondays they really don't want to be around happy people so you know how can we coexist
1: well we have to you know, a big part of dealing with with a lot of things in life is being prepared
0: you know we so
1: often we you know we work with people we live with people and we kind of understand who they are where they're coming from you know maybe maybe not so in the very beginning but over time we understand the the typical response that we're going to get from our spouse or our, our significant other or our, our people in the workplace so one of the one of the chapters in my book as a matter of fact is being prepared is half the battle you know why should we be up you know uh, taken off guard when something you know comes in out of left field because it happened last week and it happened the week before and and it will continue to happen so being prepared and, and that 's so important you know to be caught off guard and not know what to say, not know how to think not have a not having a constructive response kind of you know, defeats the purpose. You know, it just kind of lends it. It, it plays into the grumpiness. If we if we you know, respond in a grumpy way to a grumpy person, that just affirms that person's uh, view of the world. So, being prepared is so important. It's very, very important.
0: And I have an, an other side of that. Um, when there is usually some type of when you're saying be prepared, and there are times in life where we're we're thrown something that we're totally unprepared for. In in this case, it would, in my mind, I'm thinking of something like a 9-11. And after that incident happened, everyone, for the most part, were really happy. No one was cutting people off in traffic. You know, they were holding doors for about a good week, maybe a week and a half. So there is something in us, but how, I mean, how do you continue to keep that going as far as a preparation and, in the instance, something that you're unprepared for happens?
1: You know – when I wrote my book, I, would, I did a lot. Originally, a couple of years ago, I did a lot of radio interviews, and one of the questions that I got from the from the you know the, the, the personalities on, on the air was, how do you what How can you deal with something that's really nasty, really awful, really painful? How can you be happy? And that question. Kind of threw me for a while. I didn't really know how to answer it. But you know, the reality is, we can't always be happy. We can't always be upbeat because we're, we're human beings and we have emotions and we we have responses to terrible events like nine eleven. But my my I thought about it, and and my my response is, what kind of a life do you want for yourself? And it it, it comes from every day developing habits that give you the ability to deal with negatives, to be resilient. And it, it comes from starting every day with a certain routine where you feel good. I wake up in the morning, I throw my legs over the side of the bed, and I stand up and I say, thank God I can get out of bed by myself. I start off with gratitude. And then I go into the bathroom, and I walk down and I say, thank God I've got indoor plumbing. And I have this little litany of gratitude uh, ideas that I bring to mind on purpose. And then, you know, I, and through the day, to my shower, thank God I've got hot water, thank God I've got nice clothes to make me look good, uh, maybe not that good. But, I've, you know, I'm grateful for what I've got. Now, the, on the other side is the person who wakes up and keeps hitting the snooze and keeps hitting the snooze and keeps hitting the snooze and, and wakes up and runs. Oh, no, I'm, I'm under pressure. I've got to get going. And then each of these people, one who, is open, who has started their morning with, a, with, with gratitude and with, with intention and with mindfulness versus the person who is just kind of like living by default, and they both go out and their car wouldn't start nobody likes it when they go out and their car doesn't start but the point is the person who has been focusing on gratitude focusing on living in the moment he goes out and in the car doesn't start who is in a better position to deal with that negative event? The person who has been under stress and running around and getting yelling at the kids to get the lunches ready, get on the bus—they're going to go out. If the car doesn't start. They may jump out of the car and kick the tire and break their toe, and just compound the negativity. Where the person who is who woke up with you know focusing on gratitude is in a better position to deal with the negativity, to figure out, okay, here I am. I don't like this situation. How can I? How can I deal with it? You know. So it's it's that kind of thing where being prepared. That's what I'm talking about. Is being prepared. Just living a life of of peace and calm and joy as much as you can on purpose with, through morning rituals is is key. That makes sense.
0: It makes a lot of sense, and it makes me think of. Uh, I was taught, taught a long time ago that. What you focus on expands, so you can focus, and you only can do it in that present moment. So you can focus on happiness or you can focus on the other end of that spectrum.
1: It's so true, and, and people don't understand that. People think they're stuck in who they are. They're stuck in their lousy job. They're stuck because they don't have the education they thought they should get. And they, they think they're stuck, and, and as a result, they're, they're victims, and, and they always, they're always looking to the outside for something to, to make them happy, to make them feel good, where if you're, if you're really living a life of gratitude and, and wonder, you know, it comes from inside. And, and we all have the ability to, to just enjoy the simple things in our life versus – you know, well, when this happens, then I'll be happy. When that happens, then I'll be happy. Well, what about all the moments in between? And that's where life really happens, and that's where we develop these these habitual ways of thinking and dealing with things that make us feel good, that that make us resilient. You know, there's, there's going to be times when when we're down, when we're angry, when we're sad, when we're, you know, lonely, but we don't have to dwell on those. We, we, you know, we, we catch ourselves and we Move on to a thought of gratitude, and and, and the the negatives pass.
0: Now, what would you say there's a saying that happiness is contagious and misery loves company?
1: (laughs) It's true. true. (laughs) Miserable people shun happy people because when they're with a happy person, it just makes them feel worse and And we you know we we all have these self fulfilling prophecies, and we all tend you know birds of a feather flock together. We have these these you know sayings in our language that that are based in reality and and negative people love to talk about how bad things are because uh, they feel you know they feel they belong it 's their identity and if and and if if they if they 're confronted with somebody who is the opposite. You know, it's stressful. It, 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 they put up their guard. You know, we don't want to give in to some something else that we don't believe is, is, is the reality of life. And and that's where we have two, you know, people have... You've got to look at what's your view of the world. And, and, and this is, you know, we've got to ask ourselves questions. We've got to be honest with ourselves. If we want to have a better life, something's got to change. But so many people don't realize that they have the ability to have a better life because they're never popping their head above the negativity uh, that they surround themselves in. Happiness is contagious. You know, misery loves company. You know, the... Yeah, it's it's true. And and it's sad because uh you know, people just feel they're stuck and they feel that this is my lot. Well, what do you want? This is this is how I've always done it. This is how I grew up. And fine. That, but what are you going to do about it? You know, that yeah. that's that's where you are now, but but so, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to continue to live in misery or are you going to try to look look above and and find something that that can lift you up?
2: Yeah, how people respond. So I just have to ask Jim, is uh the song by Bobby McFerrin, Don't Worry, Be Happy, that must, that's got to be in your playlist. <laughs>
1: well, you know, it's, it's a nice uplifting song, and, it, and it's true. You know, it, 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 it espouses the, the ideas that we're talking about, you know. It, I don't know all the words, but it, it always talks about a negative situation but then seeing the positive side of it. I mean, there's all, you, can, you can always look at, at either side of a situation. In negative situations, see, we also have a, a, a phrase in our language, every, um, every cloud has a silver lining. I mean, what's the silver lining? It's the opportunity to grow. Albert Einstein said, in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. And what is that opportunity? It's the opportunity to grow. Yeah. We all have problems, and if, and, 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 and if we see, and one of the, you know, I give talks on happiness all over the place, and one of the, one of the characteristics of happy people is they have the intention to be happy, and I say it's not the circumstances of our lives that make all the difference, but how we deal with it, and then we get down to another characteristic, and we talk about problems, and I say, what is a problem? And, and the problem is nothing more than a circumstance that I'm confronted with. Now, I have the ability to, to see that problem as a problem, and if I do, I hunker down, I get anxious, I, I don't feel good, you know, it's stressful. Or I could see a negative situation and turn, have a turn in consciousness and look for the opportunity. And what's the opportunity? Again, it's the opportunity to grow, to grow in compassion, to grow in kindness, to grow in forgiveness, to grow in love. Are these good qualities to grow in, I say to the audience? And they all say, yeah, those are good qualities to grow in. But if we would, it, it, it's a question of understanding that we do have options all the time. We have a choice of how to respond to a situation.
0: So responding, and from what I'm hearing from you, Jim, it sounds like a lot of it is internal. You know, that's the internal game that you have. Uh, however, I, I have a question as far as like group speak or group consciousness. So you have some people with their arms folded, and they're like, "Who do you think you are? You've been hanging out with the happy people now. Do You think you're better than us?" Or the other side is, you know, you go to you go to your one of your conferences and you get that high over the weekend, and then Monday morning happens, and you're back to your regular life. How do you, how do you navigate those waters?
1: Well, that's life. That is life, exactly. That's that's why when I give a talk, uh, a lot of times I, this book that I wrote, Simple Happiness. Is so, it's been a real blessing having written this book. Because I wrote the book because I I fashioned myself a motivational speaker, and I I felt that. If, if I have a book, I'm going to have more credibility than a, than a speaker who doesn't have a book. But it's turned out to be a real blessing because, you know, you're right. People come to one of my talks and they get all excited about the possibilities. And then human nature being what it is, we tend to cool off and go back to our set point. But having the book and, 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 and developing the habit of, of reading a chapter a day or, or whatever, you know, doing something positive every day to feed your mind, you know, we, it's our job to lift ourselves up. That's another chapter in my book you got to feed your mind because otherwise we're bombarded like you say with a group think and with the negativity and with with all the news where you know it's difficult to stay positive and you know an upbeat about life
0: I agree and I I do want to spend some time here when you're talking about gratitude because when you mentioned the simple things like getting out of bed in the morning most people Cannot, I mean, there are people that don't get out of bed in the morning. But the part I want to talk about with gratitude is, you know, you took some time ago, uh, back in 2000 to start volunteering with the local prison system. How, how did that come about?
1: Uh, that changed my life, uh, Hamza. I, I used to be a teacher. I taught uh, in a junior high school. I taught French and Italian, and I was a guidance counselor, and I got into business. I was a financial advisor for 20-some years, but I've always been interested in personal development. I've always read a lot, gone to seminars and so on, and back in the year 2000, I just realized I had all of this stuff in my head from reading, and, you know, that was my interest, and I said to myself, "What's the point of having it in my head? I got to get it out of my head." So I spoke to some friends, and I was directed to the jail uh, out here on Long Island, out in eastern Long Island, um, and. I, um, I, I go there every Monday morning. I've, been, I've gone there every morning for the last 18 years. I teach a class in personal development to men. I, initially, I started off with men who were locked up for multiple DWI convictions. And more recently, you know, they changed the, the configuration of the housing of the criminals. And now I also teach the women who are locked up for multiple DWIs. And I'll tell you, it, it, I, it's a program that I made up as I went along. I just kind of – I saw an opportunity and I said yes to it. See, that is so important to say yes to an opportunity because so often we, we say, ah, you know, because it's a 45-minute drive from my house and I said, ah, you know, it's a 45-minute drive. I got my family to feed. I got my business to run. I don't know who these people are but, you know, fortunately I said yes and I, I put together this 12-week course and you know, at the end of each session, they they sh- they sh- they thank me. They they shake my hand, and it just fills me up to go there. 18 years. I mean, it's one of the best things I ever did. And uh, three years into that experience, I, I said, you know, these folks like it. Maybe people on the outside would like the message. So I put together a program and I started giving talks in libraries here on Long Island about how to be happy. And one talk led to another, and, you know, I got good feedback. And then I wrote my book, and I've traveled all over the country giving talks on how to be happy, how to be at your best every day. And it's something that people crave. You know, it's, it's, it's education. It's opening people's eyes to the possibilities of having a better life. So many people, as I said, feel stuck. And I'm just so blessed to, to have said yes to this. And, you know, it's unbelievable. Doors have opened that I never even knew existed. That's what Joseph Campbell said years ago. When you follow your bliss, doors will open that you didn't even know existed. I mean, I would never be on the, on the you know, doing a podcast with you had I not gone to that jail 18 years ago. Uh, it's, it's amazing how, how turns in life uh, make a difference.
0: Well,. First of all, I have to say, the teacher in me definitely acknowledges the p- teacher in you. You did middle school. I did second grade. Oh, boy. So, yeah. Oh and <laughs> it's something – it's definitely intrinsic motivation for sure. So. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, you know, it's it, – Teaching is a gift, you know, and not everybody can teach. And I'm not criticizing people who can't teach, but because people can do things that I can't come close to doing. But, te- you know, being, having this teacher in me has, has been a blessing, uh, you know, because I found one night I came home from a talk in one of the libraries, and I said to my wife, you know, I finally found out what I'm really good at and and it was just a, an aha moment where i said this is where i'm supposed to be because of the feedback that i get from from you know my programs and it, people crave it and and it's just important to be open you know to take advantage of, of 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 the opportunities
0: now we both were you know in the scholastic endeavors but then we both transitioned to the business world so i have to ask you what is your take of the age-old statement those that don't know teach
1: oh that's a I, I, well you know that it it, 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 it it I don't think it makes any sense I mean it, it certain people are good teachers and some people you know go to teaching because they've tried to pursue a career in in a specific field whether it be you know who knows whether it be astrophysics or whether it be you know professional sports or whether it be professional musician and you know the, the the success rate at the highest level in certain areas is is very, very low, and certainly, you know um, a person who is good at sports uh, but not good enough to maybe play in college or play in the pros, but they've got certain abilities, you know teaching is a, is a wonderful secondary career and it doesn't even then. it a lot of times it doesn't even turn into secondary it turns out to be a blessing because the person finds that they're able to communicate to people who are interested in, in in his or her interest and it's very fulfilling very fulfilling when you can help people along in their in their endeavors whether they be you know uh, literary or athletic or musical or political or whatever it is you know teaching a lot of times they're looked down upon because they didn't succeed in their original endeavor but i don't look at it that way i look at it as as a um a byproduct of, of uh, you know, living and, and not making it to the top of the level, which hardly anybody does.
0: Mm-hmm. It also made me think of when you were dealing with the people in the prison system, and you were giving them this, this personal development course, and they thanked you for it. And it makes me wonder what percentage didn't get that type of uh, interaction during our formative years, you know. So it's like, it, if they didn't get you in childhood, they're going to get you when they're uh, in a confined situation.
1: Well, you know, I talk about one, one of the one of the uh, things that I talk about. In, I have a couple of signature talks, and one of them is managing thought. And so much of our life is based on the thoughts that we hang on to, and I talk about. You know, there's been a lot of studies in psychology since, since right around the time I got involved in this. This fellow named uh, Martin Seligman was a, a professor of psychology at the University of Pennsylvania, and he became president of the American Psychological Association. And he saw this august group of psychologists who were dealing mostly, almost exclusively, with people who had problems, whether it was neurosis or, you know, depression or anxiety And they weren't paying any attention to 95% of the people who were doing okay. So he came up with this idea of positive psychology. And since 2000, they've they've done tons of studies on happiness, which was relatively rare before he came onto the scene. And the prevailing wisdom is that out of 100% of our happiness quotient, 50% is genetic meaning we're born of parents and we have tendencies. If my parents were, you know, shy and withdrawn, chances are I've inherited some of those tendencies. If my parents were the life of the party, chances are I have a more outgoing personality. That's 50%, and it's tendencies. It's not, it's not stuck. It's just a, a tendency. Ten percent, the studies show, is our circumstance. Did I grow up in a safe neighborhood or was it dangerous to go out at night? Did I go to a good school or was it a, a mess? And you know what the other 40% is? what we do with what we have. So I kind of throw it, throw it right back into people's laps. I said, okay, everybody is not you know, born with a silver spoon. Everybody didn't have all the advantages of growing up. But what are you going to do about it? Are you going to mope? Are you going to sit and complain? Or are you going to, you know, pull up your bootstraps and, and make the best of it? And I and I, I do a dramatic, um, um, you know, a, a little drama of sitting in three different chairs where I tell myself my my life story. See, self-talk is so important. And we tell ourselves a story about our life, and that becomes our life. And, you know, these guys in the jail, they've told themselves a, a lousy story. You know, it, it, they have, you know, it, Some of them have had some disadvantages, but some of them just made mistakes and they, you know, they were drinking and and, and they got, you know, went out on the road and it, 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 but again, we, the story we tell ourselves becomes our life. And, and once people start to know that and, that, and we do it to ourselves, you know, people, successful people are successful because they believe in themselves. You know, losers are losers because they think they're losers. And we've got we to gotta give people the idea that that's not the case. We are who we are. We've come to this point in our lives by, you know, our circumstance and our choices. But that doesn't mean that we have to continue to make those choices. And it's, 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 it's powerful because people start to think, you know, I'm doing this to me. And, I, and, and we, can, we can start to make little changes in our lives. And, and once we start to make little changes on purpose, not by luck, we start to make a choice, and that choice brings us happiness, brings us satisfaction, brings us fulfillment, we're going to want to do that again because that feels good. And, and it builds on itself. But you've got to start somewhere.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a, go ahead, David.
1: No, I was just going to uh, ask
2: Jim, why why do you think um, situations like where someone is, you know, has been presented the message for, you know, the 99th time, but it wasn't until the 100th time that everything clicked and the light bulb went off and then they go off into another direction? Sometimes, I you know, I imagine someone can hear maybe something you're saying or another speaker, but it's not until six years later until it's like, bam, oh, and then... You know they're they're hearing it, and then then it's making an impact in their life. How do you think that is?
1: Well, there's this. I, I, I'm not sure. I think it was Buddha who said it. When the student is ready, the teacher yeah. will appear. Yeah. See. Yeah. We're, we're constantly experiencing things and if and if we're looking to improve our lives and we're searching for a better life these things little by little start to happen but you know and sometimes it's just one little one little light bulb will go on when somebody hears something maybe it's a song maybe it's a, a movie maybe it's you know they run into an old friend who knows what the catalyst is but but sometimes they're not ready to make a make a change and sometimes they're just sick and tired of being sick and tired and they're ready to make you know, some positive uh, changes in their life. So you have to be ready. And that readiness, it it really is, it depends on on the person uh, ready to make a change, ready to, you know, to move ahead. So mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes it is that ninety ninth time they hear it, still doesn't click. Boom, the hundredth. Maybe it comes from you, you guys. Maybe it's listening to the podcast. All of a sudden, it, it, they hear it with a different perspective, with a different tone of voice, not talking down, encouraging. Who knows? But but that's it. You got to be ready, and and that readiness is is a, a hard thing to quantify.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes when you're talking. You're talking about positive self talk. And monitoring your thoughts it made me think of an old episode of family guy where you know there was a social situation and they asked Peter what he think about it and he said I don't know I didn't watch the news yet so when you're monitoring thoughts how do you determine how much is how much is yours versus uh, what you're just being fed via popular media
1: well again you know it's uh, that's the group think that we're so subject to today and I mean we all want to be – see, we want to identify with, with something that's positive in our life. And so often today – you know, we see the dissolution of the family. We see the dissolution of the of the workplace where people are, you know, cutthroat, you know, uh, back and forth, trying to outdo the other person. The religion has, you know, has, you know there's been a decline in, in participation in, in going to church. And these are things, and family, you know, families used to live together in the same neighborhood, and they would be together all the time. You'd know your cousins like you knew your brothers. Now families are all over the place and living, you know, separately and busy and soccer practice and, and choir and, and, you know, extra help. And all these things tend to, tend to isolate families and isolate people, and we're losing the connections that were so important to making us feel good about ourselves. And because, you know, these, the, you know, the, these, these things are happening, people are still looking for a connection. And now, what's happened, at least in, in my opinion, is the political uh, atmosphere has. People see now the political atmosphere as a way to identify, to be a part of, to be my tribe. And it's not, you know, we find out that it's really not as productive as, as being, you know, a member of a family, a member of a re, religious organization, a, a member of an alumni association, a member of, of, a, of a neighborhood. And we're losing those, those close connections that give us strength, and we're going to these other things that are shallow. And, it, 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 you know, it's a, it's a, it's a tough thing. It's, people think that they've they got to think like everybody else. And they can't, you know, Democrats and Republicans break up, girlfriend and boyfriend break up, families stop talking because of political differences. It's nuts. They're losing complete focus on, on what we're here for.
0: Yeah, it's funny this is the first time that this has really happened and uh i was i was i listened to the freakonomics podcast i don't know if you listen to that um do you listen to that podcast
1: no i don't
0: okay are you familiar with freakonomics at all
1: uh the name is familiar i, I couldn't tell you what it you know what the the, the tenets are
0: okay perfect 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 okay so uh, two parts just based off of what you just said about you know families breaking up based off of ideologies and such and uh, one of their recent podcasts they were talking about duopolies and when you think of duopolies you would think you know once upon a time maybe ford and, and general motors uh, you would think obviously coke and pepsi things like that and so they pondered what if we looked at the political parties like a business that there are two different, two separate businesses and they said it it it, it employs all the things that businesses have, where there's a high barrier to entry, like if you think of all the fringe groups or independents and such, they really can't make a dent to the that two party system. And just like all the way down the line, if it's not even really uh, political fr- from from this aspect, you look at it as a business and you can see how they de- um, divide people. And it's not even to your benefit. Like they're still benefiting, but you're you're infighting, and, and you're like, well, what's it all for? So.
1: That's right. It's uh, on the outside. You know, you're yeah. really just lost, you know, traveling around in an orbit that's not really connected.
0: Yeah. On uh, uh, the other side, I want to talk about your your state of New York. Uh, they did um, – well, Freakonomics, they're, they've been around for a long time. And when their document first documentary had come out in 2006, they were talking about uh, happiness in a way. And they were talking about crime in New York City. And they were saying in the late '80s it had dropped, and they said, well, they, uh, there's two uh, there's two people there's an economist and then there's a psychologist, so they look at it from those two aspects. And so was it happy? Was it the the new mayor in the '80s and and so the extra police force and all this? They were like, no. When they look back, they said, well, let's look at the birth rate, and they they pondered uh, with uh, safe sex and using um, prophylactics back in the '70s it when when that was introduced, more more people were having safe sex and so you had kids that were wanted. Whereas before before Trojans and what have you, there were larger families and some of those kids didn't feel wanted. Right? And so you're saying this inner game that they were like, well why am I even here? I'm not even wanted versus, oh, I am my family really wanted me because they didn't have to have me. And they were from a economic standpoint they saw that if you were happy and you, didn't, you felt like you were wanted, you didn't go into a life of crime and all these other things. Very highly controversial, but I just wanted to bring that to your awareness if you're unaware of it.
1: Yeah, well, there's always two sides to it. And and there's always, you know, people have vested interest in, in proving what they want to prove. I mean, it, 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 that's just the way things are, too. I mean, I have a vested interest in, in what I'm doing, and, uh, well... It, You know, there's always two sides, and and it's never simple. And there's always – yeah, they both make sense. You know, both sides make sense. But to me – Again, you know that the happiness comes from uh, a, a self-worth. However, you can get you know feel good about yourself. Whether uh, you know that's the key. However, it comes to you, but feeling good is the key. You know, people who are, who are committing crimes are obviously looking. You know, they they gravitate to gangs because there's no family that supports them, or their friends that support them. And it's feeling good about yourself and feeling and understanding your place in the world. That uh, you know, we're here. To you know, we're all in this together. We're not, you know, we're not individuals trying to cut thro- cut every- each other's throats. We're we're here to survive and and help each other thrive. And if people could see that, you know that it, it's uh, it, 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 it. I think that would be a you know a utopia where people are doing the best they can. And uh, you know, but I, I'm not a – I'm you know. A, it's difficult for me to, you know, those things make sense. They're interesting, but I, I have a hard time to say, yeah, this one's right. No, that one's right because they're both right, you know, in a lot of ways.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a big movie guy, so I always use a ton of movie references. And I wanted to know if you've if you've seen the movie Yes Man.
1: No, I, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: Oh, no, no worries. Uh, I, I would, if, if <laughs> as a, my teacher almost came out, I was like, if you want a homework assignment, <laughs> check out Yes Man. It, just a, the just a premise, it's, a, it's a, a Jim Carrey movie. It came out maybe 10 years ago, what have you. And there something that happened, he was a guy that was for for this podcast. He was the grumpy person. He was always no, 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 no. And someone posited that he should say yes to other opportunities. And he had to say yes to everything for like 30 days
1: i did see the movie yes and it was a big thing about his relationship with his son right
0: uh no i don't no? think with the okay. son okay.
1: maybe it's a different movie
0: well there, i mean there's probably 10 other movies just like it but yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to bring it up because you were saying that you know all these different doors open that you couldn't imagine and i, I just wanted to spend some time because one of our first podcasts we talk about godwinks a lot and uh, they happen to everyone if you're aware of it and so sometimes when we watch the movie we tell that person don't go down that dark hallway or if we tell them oh this god wink happened but they're not in that space they would never recognize it so I'd like for you to talk maybe one or two instances where you had this happiness gene going on and it just took you in areas you couldn't expect
1: um, there was a there was a situation uh, where I, I was trying to get into a um, uh, do a, a, a talk at Canon, which is a major corporation they 're a Japanese company but they 're big in America with cameras and lenses and all this stuff and um, let 's see there was a in my neighborhood there was a a couple that walk and i would i would walk in the morning and they would be on the other side of the street and i'd wave to them and then you know i got to know the guy's name was joe and he worked at canon and in the paper was you know they have these you know uh, new new jobs and it turned out the guy's name was joe and he i recognized his face and he works at canon and i did a little research and i found out what his last name was and then um I gave him, uh, somehow I gave him a copy of my book. And then a couple weeks later, walking down, we always would see each other like 6 o'clock in the morning, barely light. And then one day, uh, I went for a walk at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, which I never did. And as I walked down my driveway, who was walking down the street but Joe and his wife, Monique. And it was like... Yeah, you know, like it was a God wink. And here I'm meeting this guy when I have wa- been trying to get a hold of him in a in a friendly non you know in, in, intrusive way, and boom there I just walked into him. So it turned out that you know this conversation turned into something good for, for me, and that to me was a God wink. It just boom there it happened, and it was and I was aware of it. I you know because I'm I'm conscious of these things. I'm looking for them all the time, and it's amazing when when you're, when your antennas are up. You know, you, you see things that uh, that you wouldn't ordinarily see. I I love Godwings. That was a, that's a great book too. Oh uh,
0: yeah. Did you know? Do you have both versions? The one early two thousands, and then there was the second part that had come out maybe a couple of years ago.
1: No, I just read the first one.
0: Yeah, yeah, really, really yeah. good. And I like your story because you know the the there's an argument of of Doing extra work or working extra hard, and you may be running in circles, and you're or running in space or running in place. And there are others where you just it, this naturally happened because you're in a in a higher space, if you will, what's your take on that?
1: Well, I was preparing myself I was, I was getting ready for that, for that interaction. And who, it just happened to occur at a time when I didn't expect it to to occur. That was to me, the wink, but I was looking to meet this guy on a favorable basis and, and have a nice conversation. So, you know, everything we do gets us ready for the next thing, you know? So we always, we can't look at our life as boring, you know, again, we can, but, but if you look at your life as, as you're always getting ready for the next opportunity, for the next opportunity. You're getting ready. You're growing. You're, you're expanding your, your awareness. And you know, life is exciting. Life is fun when you start to see things from a different perspective, you know, and, and you know, just keeping your head down. But I wake up in the morning again. I say, I, I wonder what good is going to come my way today. I say that to myself every day because I'm looking for good things to happen. It's you know life starts to become fun when you live a conscious life of intention, you know. And I, I really, uh, if I could make a pitch for my book, I I, I think it's on Amazon and it won't go wrong. I mean, I I'm, I have a um on, I have a holiday special and uh, for people who want to buy the book, you can call me at. at uh, can I give a phone number? Is that okay? Oh,
0: absolutely. Go for it. Go for it.
1: My phone number is six three one seven five four. Seven, six, three, six. The book. Normally costs $14 with the tax. I'm giving them $10 if you buy more than one. Free shipping. It's a great stocking stuffer. I had a guy today stop by and buy seven. I had another guy stop by and buy, you know, 10 last week. And, you know, it's just, again, it's a blessing. People, the guy, the guy today who bought seven bought my book in a, in a florist shop. You know, it, it's, uh, he bought it and said, gee, this is something. And he, he came by and bought seven more today. And I also, nice. I'll give you my website if I could. It's Jim Ryan Talks. Dot com every Wednesday I send out a little aha moment, a little uplifting thought uh, they 're free, so you can go to the website and there's a little portal you can put in your your email address and um, you know it's uh, just I, i'm doing what I can to to you know to make a change in the world and to lift people up
2: no. has playing the guitar and singing has that always been a component when you're relating with uh you know, the crowds and the people
1: that you deal with? Yeah. At all my talks, I play the guitar. um, And I've even, I usually uh, sing a song from the Eagles, the peaceful, easy feeling. I say, this is how I hope we end today's program. And, you know, I've been doing it a lot. And, you know, sometimes you want to challenge yourself. So, Instead of singing, you know, the regular song, I would take the words. Actually, I did a talk down in the Philadelphia area for a group of uh, the, the, the Dental Society of Delaware County. They're having an awards dinner, and I was, they hired me to give a talk at the, at the dinner. And I got there early, and the waitress saw me bring my guitar in. And she said, oh, you're going to play a guitar? I said, yeah. And what are you going to sing? And I told her, she said, why don't you sing a dental song? And I said, What? And I said, what a great idea. So I went out to my car. I was there early. And in about a half an hour, I took the, the, the music to Peaceful Easy Feeling, and I changed the words to make it apropos to dentists. And they loved it. And I said, I'm on to something here. So, so often I'll, I'll you know, create a new song for my audience. I've done it for teachers. I've done it for internal auditors. You know, it, it doesn't always work, but my attitude is they're either going to like it and like me because of it or are they going to feel so sorry for me that I made a fool out of myself that they're going to like me anyway?
0: So <laughs> it's a great
1: way to break the ice. <laughs>
0: so,
1: uh, it's been a lot of fun.
0: Do you know the Jack Canfield story for that uh, with Chicken Soup for the Soul?
1: What's that? St- I know a lot about Jack Canfield. What's that story?
0: Yeah. So the story was uh, you know Chicken Soup for the Soul. Every a lot of people know about it, but a lot sure. of people don't. And yeah. so if I if I'm a avid golfer in I don't know who Jack Canfield is. I'm not in a personal development space, but I want to improve my golf swing. He had chicken soup for the golfer, chicken soup yeah, for yeah. the teenager. He did sure. just like you did. So if you're not, there may be some monetization there for you.
1: Well, you know, my my book, Simple Happiness. I've, I've, I'm thinking about doing a series like uh, you know, like like that. But uh, anyway, there's a lot of so many possibilities um, that, that are uh, you know always present themselves to me. So. It's a lot of fun.
0: I think you were going to say something, David.
1: Uh, no, I was just.
2: I was, I was going to ask you. Ask him. This <laughs> has nothing to do with really the interview, but it's just kind of a person. <laughs> do you have a favorite guitarist? <laughs>
1: do I? Have, yeah. Um, I love. I mean, I love all guitarists. I mean, guitar music, whether it's you know acid rock or folk music or classical, I like it all. But Tommy Emanuel is a guy from Australia that I watch on YouTube who is a magician. I mean, <clears throat> and Glenn Campbell, who is known for his, you know, singing, he, he passed away, he had Alzheimer's, but what a virtuoso he was. I, so I just, I appreciate guitar players. And I'm not, I mean, I peaked a long time ago, but I, I can still fool people. They think I'm good, but uh, I'm good enough. You know, that, that's what it is. It's good enough.
0: Yeah. Sure. I have to ask you before we head out. Um, I need your help from the happiness perspective. So, um, I am from the uh, greater Philadelphia area, and there are people like me this time of year. Fortunately or unfortunately, our Eagles will not make the playoffs, and it's going to ruin a lot of holidays. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you're a Giants fan <laughs> the whole. <laughs> uh, you know, Go was, for it.
1: I was at a book uh, signing this past weekend. At a, it was a holiday expo, and I I took a table here on Long Island. And, any you know, the Jets and the Giants are, you know, like uh, perennial uh, disappointers. So every, yeah. sometimes a guy would walk by with a Jets sweatshirt. And I'd say, come over here, I got something for you. Read this book, Simple Happiness, the minute before the game ends, because you know they're going to lose, but this will give you something to counteract your negative emotions. So, um, you, know, it's, you know, I'm a Mets fan. But, see, I, the way I look at it, the Mets often start off like a house on fire. Then by, you know, May, the beginning of May, they're like they've, they've bottomed out. So that just gives me a lot of free time to do something, to do other things. So it's all perspective. You know, that, that's the thing. You know, it's disappointing, but you can ride the disappointment and, and ruin your day and ruin your family's day and, and be that grump. Or you can, you know, hey, you could focus on the, they won the Super Bowl last year, didn't they?
0: That's right.
1: Yeah, so come on. They can, they've done it before. You know, they're not perennial losers. It's disappointing. But, you know, hey, you know, nobody's life is perfect. So, uh, you know, they're trying, yeah, They're just, you know, they're not that good. Somebody can't be you that def- disappointed. No, I'm just kidding. Sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you definitely picked me up. I definitely appreciate that. And, um, uh, it was a pleasure, but I want to give you one more chance to highlight your website, how they could sign up for your newsletter and where to pick up your books.
1: Yeah. It's, um, my book is on Amazon. It's available as a, a soft cover book and it also as an e-book on Kindle. Uh, go to Amazon. It's right there, Simple Happiness. It's a yellow cover, very attractive book. It's easy to read, too. There's 52 short chapters. Each one gives you an idea about how to make your life a little happier. You know, You read it. Every chapter may not resonate, but there's enough there that can help you you know, be happier. You know, be a little less. You know, a little less angry, a little less disappointed, and and that's that's the whole point. And you can also go to my website, Talks dot com. There's a lot of information there. There's videos of me. There's television appearances. And you know, browse around and and you know, it, it it there's good stuff there. And and on the front page, there's a place for your email address. Put it in there, and every Wednesday, you'll hear from me. Um, getting a little aha moment, so uh, and feel free to respond back. Um, anyway, it's uh, it's been a pleasure to talk to you guys. I mean, you've given me the the floor, given me good questions, and given me an opportunity to gas like crazy. But uh, I do appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you have just been in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homies Perspective. This is Hamza,
2: and I'm
1: David.
0: Jim, it was a pleasure. Uh, let's stay in touch for sure so we can hear that guitar music.
1: You got it. You got it. <laughs> okay. So you have my, and my email is info at jimryantalks.com. So you can send me those emails, Hamza, so I can get uh, access to this um, podcast.
0: Fantastic. Absolutely. Thanks for your time, Jim.
1: Appreciate Thanks. it. Right. Best of luck to you guys. Keep up the good work. Thank, Thank you. you.
0: Thanks again for checking out another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective podcast. Please check us out on our website at intrinsicmotivation.life, where you can click on the Speak Pipe button and leave any suggestions for a future podcast that you'd like us to cover. Also, check us out on our social media sites. We have a YouTube channel, Facebook page, iTunes podcast, in addition to Stitcher and Google Play, all under Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. Check you out next time. Have a great day.